This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizer, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 130 is going to be from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing to God? But how can I do more? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, he tells them to be steadfast and to be immovable and to always abound in the work of the Lord. There's always more work to be done in the Lord's house. There's always another person that we can study with. There's always more study that we can do to build our faith in God. There's always more work that we can do to help the church in whatever way that it needs. And so we are to always be abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. We cannot put too much work into the Lord's church. We cannot put too much work into building our faith or helping others come to God. It's not possible. Possible. The more work that we put into it, the more he blesses us. The more he blesses us, the stronger we get in this. Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing to God? But how can I do more? Oftentimes today we find through people's actions that they're looking for the least amount of work that they can do in order to be pleasing to God. How many times can I miss and still be pleasing God? How many times can I miss services and still be pleasing to God? How close can I get to the edge without jumping off of it? And that's not something that a Christian should be asking ourselves. We should be always looking for how we can strengthen our faith. How we can do more for God, because there's always more work to be done. We can always abound more and more in that. Mature Christians do not ask, well, it's the least I can do to be pleasing to God, but how can I do more? If we want the church to grow today, both spiritually and numerically, then that's the question that we need to be asking ourselves. How can we do more? In Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4, the Bible says, Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4. The Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. God gave them manna from heaven. When they complained about hunger, he fed them. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to go out and hunt. He gave it to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And so he gave them certain laws by which governed this bread that was coming down from heaven. And he was going to test them to see if they would walk by his law or not. And it's the same for us today. The Word of God tests us to see if we're going to walk according to His law or not, to see if we're going to love Him. John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And one of His commandments is faith without works is dead. He has given us work to do. He's told us to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Also in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where he tells us to go out into the world and to work. 
But how many of us today think that all we have to do is come to worship services, sit in the pews one to three times a week and listen to maybe an hour and a half of sermons and sing a few songs and that's all that we really need to do? Well, God has given us his law and his word to see if we're really going to be faithful to him or not. Are we really going to abound in the work of the Lord? Or are we going to do what we want to do and just let the rest of it go undone? In Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4, that's what he was testing of Israel. I've given you this bread. I've given you rules that will govern it. Will you really keep my law and walk in it? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates." In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, it says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that we should be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing God? But how can I do more? How does Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 apply to this? Well, are we teaching ourselves the word of God? Are we spending ample time in his word, searching it out, reading it and studying it? Are we asking, well... How little of it can I read and get away with being Christian? How little of it can I understand and still walk with God? Well, that's not what we should be asking ourselves. We should be loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength, and studying God's Word so that we can teach the next generation what God wants to know of them. In verse 6 it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Then in verse 7 it says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. And so talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. If we've taught them to ourselves sufficiently, and we spend enough time in it, and we've spent ample time in it to get to know it, to learn it, to love it, we're not going to ask how little of it do we have to read. We're going to say, how much can I read in a day? And we're going to look forward to getting into God's Word and studying it and then teaching our children. Too often times in this world today, though, we, we, want, to, we want to ask the question, how little can I teach my children and they still, still stay faithful? Well, the answer is that here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. You have to teach them every moment of every day from the time they get up in the morning until the time they go to bed. We should be asking ourselves, how can we put more of God's Word into our children's lives? Not asking ourselves, how can we put more of physical education in their lives? How can we put more sports in their lives? Which is questions we often hear from our parents. Well, how can I give them more, more, more of the physical, worldly side of things? And we say, well, what's the least I can teach them in order for them to be Christian? What's the least amount of time that they can spend in God's Word and be Christian? Well, from the time they get up in the morning until the time they go to bed at night, and we should be asking ourselves, how can we get more of God's Word in that time frame into their lives? Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing God? But how can I do more? In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 13 through 17, the Bible says, 
you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people, peoples who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Manasseh. You shall diligently keep his commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies, his statutes, which he has commanded you. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God. Diligence suggests a lot of work needs to go into keeping God's commandments. And if you're not putting a lot of work into keeping God's commandments, then we're not doing what we need to be doing. Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing to God? But how can I do more? If we're really going to keep God's commandments diligently, we need to ask ourselves, how can we keep them better? How can I live better? And then to put it into practice in our lives. In 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 29 through 33, the Bible says, Then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood in the, his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God. All his days they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. You see, in verses 32 and 33 here of Second Chronicles chapter 34, he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Then Josiah removed all the abominations. He didn't leave some of them. He didn't tear some of them down and leave others. He tore all the abominations down. And if we're going to be Christian today, we can't ask, what sins can we keep? What sin can I keep and still be pleasing to God? We have to get rid of it all. We have to be like Josiah here and remove all the abominations from Israel. We have to remove all the abominations from our heart. We can't say, well, I want to keep this. This is my pet sin, and God's not really going to make me give it up. Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing God? But how can I do more? How can I remove more sin from my life? How can I get rid of it all for God? And that takes diligently serving God. We can't hold something back from God. We have to give it all to God. In Ezra chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, the Bible says, And I, even I, Artaxerxes, the king, issue a decree to all the treasures who are in the region beyond the river, that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of God of heaven, may require of you, let it be done diligently. Up to 100 talents of silver, 100 cores of wheat, 100 baths of wine, 100 baths of oil, and salt without prescribed limit. Whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it diligently be done for the house of God of heaven. 
For why should there be a wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Whatever God asks of us, that's what we have to do. We can't be saying, what's the least I can do to be pleasing to God? But we have to be willing to do whatever he asks of us, just like the king was willing to do here. He was willing to do whatever God asks so that wrath would not come upon his house. If God asks for us to be in worship services every Sunday, if God asks us to be in worship services every time the church has a worship service, then that's exactly what we need to do to be pleasing to him. We need to be there. We don't need to be asking, well, how many times can I miss and still be pleasing to God? Can I miss this for this reason or this for this reason? No, that's not what we need to be doing. What is the least I can do to be pleasing to God? No. We need to be looking for how we can do more to be pleasing to God, not the least that we can do to be pleasing to him. In Isaiah chapter 6, And verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed." This is the question that we need to be asking of ourselves. How can I do more to serve God? Isaiah understood this. He said, here I am, send me. And oftentimes we want to say, here they are, send them. They're ready. That's what we say of our preacher all the time, isn't it? Preachers all over the world here, this is the reason we hired you. We hired you to go out and do this. Well, people, Christians, nobody can be Christian for you. You have to be Christian for yourself. You have to be a follower of God for yourself. You cannot pay somebody else to do your job. Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing God, but how can I do more? When God says, here is work to be done, we're the ones who are supposed to say, here I am, send me. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 35 through 38, The Bible says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We are the laborers. And if we're asking, what is the least I can do, then there are so many people out there that are ready to become Christians that are not going to have the opportunity to do so. Because there are few Christians, and there are a lot of people in the world. And God said, the harvest is truly plentiful. We need workers to go out into the field. And in order to have workers to go out into the field, we cannot be the people as mature Christians going, what's the least I can do? That's just too much for me to do, God. We have to be the ones that say, how can I do more? How can I do more? Mature Christians do not ask, what is the least I can do to be pleasing to God? But how can I do more? In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, the Bible says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. 
but we have to labor in his kingdom. We have to work for him in order to be able to come to him and to receive his rest. Faith without works is dead, being alone. In the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, there's work to be done. We have to go out into the world. Mature Christians, do not ask, What is the least I can do to be pleasing to God? But how can I do more? So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.